this podcast is sponsored by Military True Crime Addict. Join host David Kokish for Military True Crime Addict, a podcast about crime relating to actual life events of military personnel, veterans, family members, and those associated with the military in any way. Military True Crime Addict looks at crimes committed by, against, and with the assistance of current and former military, including hard-hitting topics like PTSD, harassment, sexual assault, murder, rape, hazing, and more. These stories include some of the most famous and some of the less reported crimes of the 20th and 21st centuries, such as the story of Rodney Alcala, the dating game killer, famed for having appeared on the game show in the midst of his murder spree in the 1970s. What I hadn't known, Alcala used to be an army clerk before he went AWOL. You can find Military True Crime Addict on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and pretty much wherever great podcasts are found. That's Military True Crime Addict with your host, David Kokish. This podcast is dedicated to the memory of David Faraday, Betty Lou Jensen, Darlene Farron, Cecilia Shepard, and Paul Stein, and to Michael Mejo and Brian Hartnell. The Classic Gunpoint Champion Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Garcia. Possibly the earliest non-journalist writing about the Zodiac case was the California Crime Book by Robert Colby. And it was published in 1971, which means that it was still during that period when we had the massive influx of letters. We had still large-scale interest across the Bay Area. But a number of things are really important about this book. One, it's a anthology of stories about all of the cases that really impacted the way that California crime happened. And California has always been, I say this frequently, and I know people are tired of it, but California is a site for crime. It always has been. And this covers everything from the Black Dahlia, a personal research area of mine, the past mm, forever, uh, the Manson murders, and Charles Manson is in the cover in this neat little image. I really like it. Uh, Bugsy Siegel, all sorts of things, wonderful work all around. But it really does a good job in a very compact space of talking about Zodiac. One, because it didn't have this decades of build, of expectations, of knowledge, honestly. The investigation was still new. So it just gave you as many facts as possible. Not all of them 100% accurate. But even just listening to the tone, it's so, so different than what we would think of today as true crime writing. Let me give you a, an example. Few criminals are more intriguing to lovers of a chilling mystery than those rare egomaniac killers who commit a series of murders and after each one openly challenge the police to catch them. Inherent in this challenge is quite likely to be a deep psychological wish to be caught. Not exactly the type of writing you, you find today. It's a little rougher. It's a little less literary, more sort of straight ahead. And it talks about all the things. It talks about the various murders. It talks about the letters, 
almost verbatim. There's a couple of minor issues here. But there's some really interesting aspects that I think make this interesting. One is it is not a thing about the attempt to catch the Zodiac as much as it is about the Zodiac. Which appeals to me, of course, as I'm really more interested in the the aspect of the actual murders as a thing that plays out in the world. But then you see something like this. One psychiatrist believed that the killer might be an astrological bug who chose the dates of his murders by consulting his horoscope. Another declared, if this is a put-on, then it's the product of a very, very disturbed person. If this is not a put-on, the man will probably kill again. And he wrote that actually before the murder of Cecilia Shepard and the attack on Brian Hartnell. The way that the book is written in general isn't quite sensationalistic, except there's a thing. In 1971, this was sensationalistic. And this is a paperback book. It's a wonderfully compact book, and it would have cost a dollar, uh, 95 cents to be exact. But what it did was it coalesced the cases down to really the nuts and bolts, and particularly the murder of Ramon Navarro, which also covered, of course, in famously in Hollywood Babylon, poorly also. But this was sensationalistic, even without what we sort of see as the current wave of true crime writing. There are sensationalistic, if you look at the Golden State Killer, there are sensationalistic aspects, but they all came after the initial serious deep dive book. In this case, I'll Be Gone in the Dark. Uh, I miss Michelle. She was great. But one of the beautiful things that I think really needs to be examined in a book like this is what place would this have held in really the literary canon, but also just in the thoughts of people. And the tagline on the cover of the book, which, by the way, the graphic design on this is so good. I am really, really pleased with this. I'm glad I bought this. I got it on eBay for eight bucks. It says, The California Crime Book in bright yellow letters on an orange background. And then it reads, violent, sensational murder cases from a state famous for the weird and wild, special inside story of Charles Manson and his cult of killers by Robert Colby. It's screaming that it is outside of the norm, that it is something that normal people don't get into. This is so different than today, because today we are looking at it as if it is something that more normal people are, are interested in. Not only more normal people, but more interesting people. Perhaps the most powerful aspect of looking at this, look at the Zodiac, is how much space it gets. It gets less than Manson. It gets more than most. doesn't get quite as much as the Dahlia. But I think the reason for that is the just fact that we're at the beginning. And looking at this... You're getting the view of what, not necessarily researchers, but people who are interested, and the police, and some of the theorists, were looking at at the beginning. Getting in at the absolute base. And that's important. Because even when you look at the fictional coverage, they take aspects that are small and withdrawn, basically. They pull things out. You see it definitely in Scorpio Killer. You see it definitely in the Zodiac Killer film. They take aspects of it and they play with it. Here, they're actually dealing with the case and its placement towards the back of the book. 
it does something that is very important. When a book starts to weigh down, you want to have a refresher, and this is definitely in a refresher spot. I really recommend this book. You can find it on eBay. You can find it on ABE Books all over the place. It's great. It really is a wonderful read if you are a fan of crime, but most importantly, if you want to see what was happening on the ground in 1971 in the research of the Zodiac.